Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook. No Twitter. No smartphones. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, aka Dr. Esquire, joined tonight by Mr. Jim Dietz and returning special guest, Mr. Aaron Newerth from the Out Now Podcast with Aaron and Abe. How you guys hey. doing tonight, gentlemen? I'm doing it well. We're recording live. Yes, we are live. We'll write it and we'll do it live. And that's what we're doing now. We're going to be doing our commentary for 18 Miles Out tonight. Uh, this is an episode I enjoy quite a bit, and I think the other guys do too. So have some fun talking about that. But before we do... Mr. Dietz, would you please tell our fine listeners about our fine sponsor? Well, I, too, am excited about 18 Miles Out because I get to watch uh, the, the WWE version of uh, Shane versus Rick. It's pretty exciting. Stick around for that. But right now, I'd like to uh, shout out our wonderful sponsors at DCBService.com. Uh, DCBService.com, if you are interested in getting Walking Dead comics or any other kind of comics for that matter. DCB Service has the deep, deep discounts you can't find really anywhere else, even deeper than Amazon. Uh, 40, 50, sometimes 60% off. That's on image comics, including Walking Dead stuff, Walking Dead compendiums, hardcovers, any way you want to choose or use that, you can. Also, Walking Dead action figures, t-shirts, all kinds of great stuff. Check out their site. Just search Walking Dead if you're only into The Walking Dead, but if you want to branch out into other comics, if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, this month, all the DC trades and hardcovers for pre-order are 50% off. So you're going to be paying half the price, uh, the cover price on all DC, all new DC trades and all new DC hardcovers. So that's the new 52. That's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the characters you know and love. Uh, the new 52 just started. So it's a great time to jump on and, and, uh, you know, get, start fresh with these characters. And it's a great price to do it at on the Marvel side. We have Marvel now going on, and this is going to be a, a massive shift at Marvel of creative talent, uh, from, from one title to another big paradigm shift in the Marvel universe. We're told, and you can bundle all the Marvel now titles, uh, at 50% off. So if you want to get on board with the Marvel now, that's a great way to do it at a huge discount. DCB service offers these huge discounts and if you use the code WD8, you get an extra 8% off of your order if they're already insanely low prices. So not only are you paying half price, sometimes even less on your comics and uh, graphic novels, t-shirts, toys, etc. Use that if you're a first-time uh, order with DCB service or your first-time customer or you haven't ordered anything from them in a year, then that code is, uh, is honored by them and you get another... 8% off their already outrageously low prices. So, dcbservice.com, uh, check out their stuff there. You will save a ton of money, and you can get caught up on the Walking Dead comics before the show starts up again very soon. And so now, we have paid some bills. Without further ado, 
Let's get to our commentary of 18 Miles Out. All right. So if you get your DVDs or Blu-rays or iTunes copy or Amazon copy, however you're watching it, DVR, we don't really care. Get out your copy of 18 Miles Out. If you're on an iTunes copy like me, you're going to want to go to 9 Seconds In because that is where uh, it's going to fade in. You should see the, uh, what was this building? I, I forget exactly what the, it was a county building of some type. Um, you want to get that, so it's just fading into frame. And uh, once you have that up there, come back and we will start the commentary. Once again, it's time to pause in the right place before we're synced up. Alrighty. Okay, so we're going to count down, three, two, one, start. Hit play when I say the word start, and we will get right into the commentary. Three, two, one, start. Alright, so we're fading in here. And yeah, this is the like the in-media res opening, right, where we're already kind of... Well, we don't know that yet, exactly, but it's like starts right in the middle of the action. Before. Exactly. Yep. It's funny, for how hot Atlanta always looks in this show, it looks very cold in this episode. It, just in the color palette. Which maybe reflects the Cold War between Shane and Rick. Ooh. That's reaching, but we'll see. I, um... Hey, it's Randall. Get, yeah, there he is. I'll, I'll get this out of the way. I like this episode, but it's not a favorite of mine. It's not even top three for me in the season. I had issues with it, and wh- I do think it's ambitious. I like the idea of this episode a lot. This is the way it starts out right here. You got a, a cold open that's neat. Then you like just move on to this, what would almost, just this episode that, you know, it, it strips away a lot of the characters so we can focus on one main story and one, like, B-plot. But, I mean, it it takes away, you know, everybody else and just fo- let's just focus on Shane Rick and Randall over here and then Lori Andrea and Lori and Coma Girl over there. So it's, uh... I like everything about why, how this episode is constructed. I just have issues with some of the elements of this episode, which we'll get to later on. But I do... Right, I, of course. I just... I know, every, I know there's a lot of people that are big fans of this episode in particular. And, I just find it a lot of fun. Um, and I, I also particularly like that this is, I, I think, the only major time jump we get in the first two seasons. We get a whole week jump in between the last episode and this episode, and I think The Walking Dead needs more of that. Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, honestly, I, I I love a lot of the things about this episode, and I just, I guess I wish the execution was was better. I mean, I because I, there's so many things about the concept with this episode that I like, the way it starts out, the way it's structured, the way it handles the characters. And I just, I guess I just wish it delivered more in certain aspects that didn't quite reach for me, but I look forward to the next season where hopefully they get to play around with things like time jumps and, right. you know, have focusing on specific characters and as opposed to trying to incorporate the entire cast into one episode. So. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I agree. I really like it when they focus more on just two or three characters in a group at a time relating to one another. And I think this is like really a pivotal episode as far as Rick and Shane are concerned and their relationship and its disintegration, uh, you know, and as it goes along. But I, I see what you mean, Aaron. There's a lot of things in here that kind of distract from the parts that I like, and they're distracting enough from the parts that I like to get, get me out of the hole. And, yeah, so I, I understand why you need to have, like, a B-plot, because you, know, you have to break up some of this, or else just be, as much as I know some people just want to see lots of zombie action, it would just be that, and it would get kind of numbing after a while. So I see why you need to have that B-plot, where you have Andrea and Lori arguing or what have you to kind of go in between this stuff with Rick and Shane. 
I guess it's just there. I mean, I think I, I, as I wrote in my, I think the review initially when this episode came out, it just, it's focusing on basically the two characters I least like on the show to, in order to break up what's going on between the most interesting characters on the show. So it's, it got a little rough. So fun fact for the listeners at home, if you want to put yourself in the right mood for watching this episode, one of my sisters is making popcorn at the moment. And so it really smells like butter in here. So just a fun fact for you. <laughs> and because I'm podcasting, I can't eat any of it. Nice subtle face work here by Bernthal. Like the clenching of his teeth and just the way he's, you know, he kind of half looked away before he spoke to Rick again. Just a very, as, as you know, over the top as Shane gets, some really subtle acting work here. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record if I keep talking about how much I love John Bernthal in, in the role of Shane and Shane's character in general on these commentaries, but I do. Like, he's, everything he does in this show is just really interesting to me, like, really well played. Maybe some of the stuff gets a little, like, overboard maybe on later, but, like, these scenes right here with them are with them arguing are just, you know, they're really well done. Same with Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln's really strong in this episode and this, this scene here between the two of them. They're both really strong. I enjoy these performances. And also, um, rewatching this episode with Andrew Lincoln, I, I mentioned in the last commentary that I think I've, I like the way Rick is, he's smarter than I, than I think we're giving him credit for. There's, he's got, he's, he's playing more close to the chest. I think I said this episode he kind of brings that out again where he talks about how he just, he figured out that he goes more into how he figured out that Rick and, or sorry, that uh, Shane and Lori were kind of, they were together while he was in there in his absence pretty quick. I, I like that. He kind of reveals this information more. It's... Yeah. I thought coma girl was kind of a, a lost plot line that kind of went nowhere. And it really, I mean, I didn't think it was really needed. And they, I thought they focused too much time on it. And I, I agree, it would have been too much for you know to have wall-to-wall zombie action. But I don't think it would have been too much to just kept have kept this episode, you know, Rick and Shane centric. Um, I, I wish they would do, you know, going forward in the new season. I hope they do more episodes where they just focus on, you know, a few characters and their relationship to one another, rather than trying to parse out a, you know, a line or two among the, you know, nine or ten ensemble members. I mean, we see like T Dog and, and uh, Daryl Dixon even getting short shrift in some of these episodes because you know they ha- they really have nothing for them to do because all the major characters are, are moving the plot forward. I do wonder what they're doing right now. Like, <laughs> are they like walking through the woods looking for Sophia? Was that what they? There's like some kind of like throwaway line right later on where they talk about where everyone is. They're making popcorn with Jordan. No, okay. <laughs> T-Dog is currently on, on the other side of uh, of the town. He's currently giving a very moving soliloquy that we'll never, ever see. Oh, so it's like a slow rap. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this crossroad they're at, which... The, the one thing about this episode that I found is that there there's a lot of symbolism going on in this episode. I, almost too much for my take, and, and like the... What did I call it? I call it this crossroad that they literally have this defining conversation at as a met- metaphor lane meets symbolism. It's, it's, Is Robert and, Johnson across the road trying, <laughs> trying to sell his soul to the devil? And, and Tom Hanks is also there trying to figure out where to go after getting off the island. But, uh, but yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of that going on in this episode, which is like, it's fine, I guess. It's just some of it's called, it's attention to, like, you have the, what, the walking zombie that Shane observes later on in the episode. You have things like bodies piled on top of a rick 
all the all the suicide stuff going on back at the camp. I think it just sticks out more because this isn't a show that normally does that. That yeah, that makes sense to me. And I guess if it, if the show adopts this style more often, then it wouldn't feel as much of a. It's not even a bother. It's just more. I I noticed this more overtly than I have in other episodes. It sticks out. I mean, if this was yeah. Mad Men or Breaking Bad, you. I mean, you'd notice because that's the kind of thing they do. But it wouldn't seem odd in any way. Something I, I do like the use of POV shots here. From his point of view, because they, they mirror that same shot later in the episode. And I thought that was a really cool choice for them. Watching this episode again before I did this commentary, I, I I noted to myself that this seems like the most Breaking Bad episode of The Walking Dead yet, given all the like the stylistic camera shots and use, use of symbolism and like, soundtrack choices and things. It also recalls that time Walt threw the motorcycle at Jesse. Exactly. Remember that? Oh, that was that was a great episode. <laughs> Even the title of this episode, though, eighteen miles out, like four days out. It's like it just it's like a very like Walking Dead doing Breaking Bad, <laughs> or at least being influenced by their Big Brother show on AMC. Hey, there's worse things to be influenced by. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. the I'm the Walker who knocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for never ever seeing anyone farm or tend to a garden or anything on the show, uh, they really have a lot of good produce. Right? Yeah. Well, it's that, that work of that, that guy for whose name I always forget. The, the, the young man who's... Otis? Jimmy. 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 I, I forget his name. <laughs> man, that Jimmy. What uh, a character. Jimmy did crack corn. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this scene because there's a lack of shotguns being pointed at faces. That's a. That's a good <laughs> there's a plus right there. Yeah. Although he's not wearing a seatbelt. It's because he has his own belt on to keep his pants up. He can't juggle around all these things. Plus, I mean, it's after the apocalypse. Who gets in a car wreck after the apocalypse? I mean, really. Yeah, right? That never happens. So he's not too worried about anything like that. Well, I mean, who's going to pull him over? <laughs> yeah, they're the cops, right? I, I don't even know if there's seatbelt laws in, Atlanta, in Georgia. Let's try to keep track of this zombie. I now are we? We're supposed to assume this is the same zombie at the end of the episode as well. Uh, or I mean, it's at least a lone zombie that apparently crossed the road at some point. I mean, well, now we're... now we now we have you know pause technology. We could we could make sure. We could, let's. I want to look at the zombie and I want to see if I can remember that it's the same zombie at the end of the episode. I remember you, there were people. You want us to zoom and enhance? I am. I'm zooming and enhancing right now. It's like 24 enemy of the state. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Okay, so he's got kind of longish hair and a suit on. All right, that's that seems easy enough to remember, right? Meanwhile, emo girl pouts quietly. Yeah, I was surprised they were able to get Dakota Fanning's stunt double for this episode. She does kind of look like Dakota Fanning. It's her, it's her cousin, Joan Fanning. At least in this new season, they'll hopefully have a, a a second chance to give Beth some defining characteristics aside from uh, pale. I I honestly forgot she's still in the third season. I forgot she lived, but that's great for her. Good job, Beth. Way to go. Worst suicider ever.
I wonder what the uh, the conversation was like when they decided that Rick and Shane are going to be the ones that drive Randall out 18 miles out with, with him and like Dale and everybody else. We'll never know. Maybe they should have looked in the map and picked somewhere to take him. Some J.J. Abrams-style uh, flares there. Yeah, the lens flares, actually. Here we go. The Department of Public Works. That's where we're going. That's what it was. I knew it was a county building somehow. I think that, I think I have that in, in, in Atlanta Monopoly. I think that's one of the uh, the pieces. Do you have to pay rent if you land on the Department of Public Works? No, I think it's. I think you have to like roll the dice and like you multiply it by some amount. Like the utility. It's not like community chest or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I do like that they're going to do the knife thing here. This is something from like straight out of the comics, and that's. I was like just seeing that like when they deliberately like address is like yeah we got to use our knives more. Here we go. I'll get a little blood on my finger. Attract a zombie. Stab through the head. Walker, sorry. Hi, welcome to the Public Works. On your left, you will see the old sign. Oh, no. So I guess we know that zombies have great sense of smell. We, we, we might have known that before, but he was just instant on that. He's like, oh my god, blood! I feel like that guns are quick and easy, but there's other ways to do this. Is almost uh, some foreshadowing of the season finale, or I guess it wasn't the finale. But was it the episode before the finale? It's the it's the penultimate episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Rick. Like feels the need that he has to like train Shane. Says now you try, son. Like <laughs> I get it, Rick. <laughs> Now we're getting to the, the charred bodies here. Which he calls the pilot some. I think it's uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, the London Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Great use of that mirror there. Yeah. That'd be a pain in the frame to keep the camera out of it. These close-up shots always—they—they brought a good sense of kind of claustrophobic claustrophobia, and like, I mean, you don't know if like a walker could pop up behind the one of the bus seats all of a sudden, but the in the sense of the way these shots are just put together, it's nice. Same with like the RV shots that you pointed out before, where it's just working out working well in close quarters. It does a good job. And here we get the hint of, there's no bites on these fellas. 
that was a big pain. I, I, if I remember correctly, we were still being very coy about that when recording the episode on the the, the original episode on eighteen miles out. And we had to be like, we don't know what that means. Yeah, when we've known since the beginning. In the in the service of uh, non-spoilering, we've uh, we've played it ignorant quite on quite a few uh, major things, including that. It's it's a weird thing to me too, because like I mean. I like zombie movies well before The Walking Dead started coming on and, you know, the comic came out. And I, I just know basic zombie rules. And it just, for me, it's always been Romero rules, which has been around since, you know, the 60s, where it's, if you if you get bit by a zombie, you turn into a zombie. If you die, you come back as a zombie. <laughs> the things we do for our listeners. We don't spoil things. We don't go out to eat popcorn that we can smell very strongly. Yeah. It's a tough life. Keep talking about this popcorn. I'm gonna go make some myself. <laughs> That's a cool lamp. I don't know that I would want it in my house, but it's a cool looking lamp. I find it fascinating that here's this giant, you know, full of pathos, dramatic moment, and you're discussing the lamp. <laughs> it just tells you how little love- we care about this plot line. <laughs> well, the lamp has a I, lot of personality, I Jim. I mean, I. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'd rather I'd rather see the lamp than more of this, but. See, it's less this stuff that bo- this stuff doesn't really bother me. It just, it does kind of make me go, when do we get back to the other stuff that's more interesting? Because I don't really, I don't. Well, I no, because I mean, we we've dealt with sewers that we've dealt with these kind of decisions already on the show before. That's what kind of irked me too, where it's like it's the same things being repeated. Like well, we just had Lori deal with whether or not she was going to have an abortion. I mean, and now we're dealing with this girl that we don't even know, considering killing herself. And I just don't care enough about this plot to want to focus on it. To be fair, though, even though even when they dealt with suicide in season one, they never really resolved it. They were too busy dealing with CGI explosions at, at the CDC. Yeah, I get that. And I get, I mean, and, and, you know, it helped to develop, like, Andrea's character, and that's why, that's one reason as to how this story factors in as a whole because Andrea is around and so we're still trying to develop Andrea's character as well by having her deal with another person who's going through issues that she feels reflects on her own character. So I get why it's there, I guess. It just, it doesn't help that it's for, for me, it doesn't help that it's a character that I don't care about already and it's, and that the characters that are also within this subplot are characters that don't generally like very much on the show. Besides Maggie, and it goes nowhere. I mean, she she attempts suicide, she gets foiled, and then she attempts suicide again. It's like it it just really goes nowhere. And like you said, we've already dealt with that on the show a few times now. I always like that actor on Rescue Me, but it's, uh, without yeah. spoiling that show, where they went with his character was really dumb. Yeah, I, yeah. That's it, I like the fact that, it's weird, he was on Rescue Me, and he's, he was on Rescue Me for, like, a while, because he was, he grew up with that show, basically. <laughs> like I, a, I think it was there since season one. Yeah, since season one, because he was just much younger, and then he grew up and became a bigger factor into the series. But then also I watch Boardwalk Empire and he's also like on Boardwalk Empire. And that show was on at the same time that Walking Dead was on last year. Although these episodes oh, I was came not later. aware he's in that. 
he yeah it's not a big part like he was more i don't even i don't even think he was like a, it was just like a few guest episodes but i was like man he's making his round on these basic on these cable dramas it's <laughs> good for him like michael yeah, zegan yeah. i believe michael zegan uh, that sounds right yeah. Now, either one of you in this situation, if you knew that he knew where the farm was and could lead, you know, God knows who to the farm, would you have killed him or left him there? See, this is like the roughest thing to to consider because in my eyes, Shane is right. Like I get, I get exactly, I get exactly where he's coming from, but I'm also not the guy that's about to pull a trigger. Now I'm not in this situation. I haven't dealt with death on a, you know, a daily basis at this point, And I don't, you know, I'm not a person that's familiar with using guns so often. So, but you I'm live not, in California. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I'm not about to. You know, I I don't know how, if I'm about to like pull out my gun and shoot a person in the face because of this. That said, I agree with what Shane's with with Shane's argument. So it's it's rough. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect catch twenty. Like I get, like, you know, I understand Rick's argument as well. But in this, in the Walking Dead universe. I would agree. I would side with Shane. Like in my own personal morals, yeah. I'd, obviously, I'd be on Rick's side. Like I'm not, all, <laughs> not about to shoot somebody. Oh, nice, nice rag on Shane for busting open the barn. <laughs> There's more symbolism with the road closed and detour signs behind Rick there. I I would say that might be a stretch to say they purposely put that there because there's cones and everything. That's the kind of thing you'd find at a public works. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence that they're among the police cars fighting. First of all, and that they they frame the shot with those you know with those caution caution signs behind Rick. While was, you know before this started, I don't think it's an accident. Now now we're at the fight, and um, by the way, Rick swung first. Just pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> This this fight, while I like it, because, you know, there's a motorcycle tossed on a human being, and, and when do you see that happen? It gets a little too, like, vague, like John Carpenter's They Live moments, where it goes on a while, <laughs> this fight. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying, yeah, the John Carpenter's They Live, like, it, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. does remind me of that. Here it is! Yeah! <laughs> the referee didn't see that! <laughs> Just wait till they, you know, introduce the magic sunglasses next season. <laughs> the magic sunglasses, yeah. Oh, we, people should watch They Live, which I believe comes out on special edition Blu-ray very soon. Well, but, people uh, really shouldn't watch They Live. <laughs> There's a movie coming out now called Branded that's pretty much the same thing. Oh my god, that movie looks terrible. <laughs> However, the, the, the music video from the band 3, it's just the number 3 for the song Alien Angel, which is very... Uh, they live influenced. Very cool video. Very good song. Very good band. So there's your music plug for the day. Thanks. Now this fight. Now now while I think it goes on a little long, it also has kind of the weird like pronounced moments of punching thing where I just, I just didn't really. It seemed almost too stagey at moments where like he gets on top and he like punch pull back, punch pull back, punch pull back. It just. It, That's because they're punching with their words, man. That's it. They, He's gonna hit him with a wrench. Yeah, mm. They get the crap beat out of him. Wrench to CG wrench. It's <laughs> actually a pretty good CG wrench, I think, though. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, it's just no. There's a shot coming up. Here we go with the reflection of Shane in the broken glass. 
and then the walker behind it. I, I like this yeah. shot. I remembered it from this uh, the show, you know, uh, long after I watched it. There's your foreshadowing, by the way. <laughs> Zombie Shane. I like to think that all these zombies are in here because they're trying to have a reasonable public works meeting and then they're interrupted by Rick and Shane fighting outside. <laughs> so like, what are we going to do with all the cars on the road? I know, right? Rah, 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 rah. And then they're like, what's that sound? We prefer to be called the living impaired. Thank you. <laughs> Good zombie hiding. <laughs> I do like that line. What's he to do? Kill me for committing suicide? <laughs> That's it. It's also kind of like the old classic uh, touching these wires means instant death. Anyone caught touching these wires will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> Man, that must have been a big meeting hall. Oh, see you stray. It's oh. a hippie zombie. Watch out, Rick. Now, to me, this episode, because of, like, it's so, like, full... Oh, man, that's brutal, too. <laughs> he just braced the, the arm of that zombie. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, this episode it almost works like because I mean not a whole lot happens technically besides some tense confrontations between the characters. Like it almost feels like a an episode anyone can just kind of step into and watch and feel satisfied because it has kind of a a three act structure to it in itself and it doesn't rely on the uh, the rest of the series necessarily. Oh, here we go. We get the. Uh... The, the uh, Mama Showdown here between Andrea and Lori. Yeah, this is this is. <laughs> it's just at this point, like I, I still don't like Lori, just in general. Just it, like what the previous episode, the trigger was a trigger finger, trigger yeah. trigger finger episode. That's the one where like it ends with her being. Telling Rick things, right? It, her, it gives her... She's suggesting things into Rick's ear about Shane. Is that That's the ending of the previous episode, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So it's... And, you know, she also just got out of the unnecessary car crash of 2011. And... Or 12, I guess. Yeah, it was this year. So I, I already don't really care for Lori at this point. And then you have Andrea, who I'm still kind of... I'm more warming up to when I, while I was initially watching this season, because I, I like Andrea now, like, at the end of the season, just because I like how she's developed as a character and kind of how the season ended for her, where she's just, like, right in there. But where they're at right now, for me, when I was initially watching this season, episode, it's like, I, these two characters, I have, like, awesome zombie <laughs> fighting things going on, and I'm, like, going back to these two arguing because Lori wants to... <laughs> is telling Andrea that the men can do the zombie killing while Andrea's trying to, like, put up her her argument, I fight, I, I'm standing on the RV, and I just, I don't care that much about this. Yeah, I almost think, 
I'm assuming this episode originally was supposed to like uh, make us more sympathetic for Lori because she tries to you know be a mothering influence to Beth or whatever, but it just had the opposite effect on me and made me dislike her even more. I mean, it's not at a. I feel like I'm coming down like hard on these, and I'm not trying to because I do like this episode overall, and I do like these actors. It's just there's. It's just that issue where I do have problems with how these characters are written and the dialogue they have, and I. I mean, that's been a, an issue I've had with the show in general for a show that I do like a lot, and I look forward to watching every week. So I just, I just hope it gets more smoothed out. It does get more smoothened out as we go along, regardless of. Uh, various issues I have with the other episodes, which I don't mind. Is but I mean, I like that. I mean, I like this show overall. Obviously, I'm here doing a commentary with you guys about this episode. I like this episode overall, and I just, I just continue to hope that this show reaches the higher potential that I know it's capable of, and I'm looking forward to seeing if season three is able to accomplish that. I love that line there about the boyfriend. That's just oh yeah, that's telling. Say what you will about the rest of the scene, the rest of the episode with the scenes with them, but oh, that's a great line. Oh, here we go. Here's the Rick zombie kill of the day right here. What is that hose? Is that a gas station hose going up over the car? Oh, yeah. Looks like it. Yeah. Here we go. Bodies piling on top of Rick. It's getting rough for him. Symbolism. Menage a zombie. <laughs> Here we go. Let me think about this. If I put the zombie, I put the lime in the coconut and shoot them all. There we go. It's like the equivalent of a bank shot. Yeah, yeah. And that's per- You can see like the gun barrel in the back of the head too. Like that's perfect. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so graphic too. <laughs> Thank you, Nicotero, for that one. There's a lot of great setups uh, for kills in this episode. Yeah. Just a lot of great set pieces. And see, see, I don't... I don't know Beth, so she's, like, trying to drop knowledge here and, like, sound all, you know, significant and, like, why her argument is correct in trying to commit suicide, but I just don't know this character enough to have this register well enough for me. It's hard for me to be like, well, she does have some points, because it's just, like, okay, whatever, nothing character. Yeah, it's like there's some, uh, there are more interesting characters that could be spending time on right now. I'd rather see what Glenn is doing, or Herschel, or pretty much anybody else but her. On the plus side, they don't have to search for her for six episodes, and she stays in the house pretty much all the time. Yeah, she's a good daughter, apparently. <laughs> like, how, how entertaining would this episode be if instead of this plot we had, like, like Carl goes out in the woods, and so T-Dog and Glenn are looking for him throughout the episode. 
Or there's going like a fun hike. Because that's what you do, right? Of course. Or like T-Dog and Daryl make like some moonshine. Like where's that episode? <laughs> And we're back to the zombie action. This is a scene we saw at the beginning of the episode. Merle makes moonshine at some point. Or we see him drinking moonshine. Maybe he has a still attachment for his arm. (laughs) This is the scene we we opened the show with with Shane, bracing the door against the zombies. And we've caught up now to where the show began. Yep. Why can't this school bus door lock? Is there like a reason? Do, 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 they, do they lock? I don't know about enough about school bus doors. Well, when I drove a school bus back <laughs> in the 70s. Actually, there might be some type of uh, safety issue. You know, some liability thing. You can't have it locked because a kid could get trapped on the bus. I guess, yeah. Just curious, like, why can you close the door and not, like, lock it? But, yeah, there might be some kind of, like, they just don't do that. Email in or post on the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook page to answer our school bus questions if you have any answers. It's interesting, too. Like, Beth was a substitute for Chris and his girlfriend in the comic. If you remember correctly, it was like Tyrese's daughter, I think. Yeah. Her boyfriend, Chris, who killed killed themselves. So maybe this is like their version of that, trying to work out some of those issues in the group by doing this. That's the only really reason I can figure they they took this tangent. Maybe that means we get to skip that storyline in the show. I hope so. Yeah, I do too. It seemed kind of ancillary as it happened in the comic to me. I like Tyrese as a character, though. I, mean, I, I I would love to see him on the show. Yeah, yeah just introduce him without uh, all the rest of the baggage. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> no, Andrea's kind of she's she's like she's like a teacher from the streets. There's the door. Why'd you go in? If you're cold, stomp your feet. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will go out through that door and kill myself. Maybe I will. I have had it up to here with these melon farming zombies on this melon farming school bus. You know, going back to that earlier conversation we had about uh, whose side do you choose on over killing Randall? You know, Rick's or Shane's, which is the harder position to be in. I think Randall's is the hardest position to be in. That is a no-win situation. 
I do like the scene with Shane looking out the window thinking Rick has left him. You know? And he'd be right to think that, too, considering, you know, the, everything that's gone on before. Oh, yeah. You know, looking out that windshield, seeing, you know, Rick taking that guy away and thinking he's abandoned to the walkers. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's also, of course, very true to Rick that he's not going to leave Shane behind no matter how big of a fight they get into. Like, he needs to, he's just hatching a plan. He's getting it ready. I wonder if we'll get that flashback to uh, Laurie's career as as a you know house thief. I thought she was just like a fireplace salesperson. <laughs> it slices, it dices. Yeah. Now, okay, so now we have we have the knowledge. I mean, I kind of guess this, but we have the knowledge now, having the season been over for months, that. That Jenner told Rick that the that you become a walker when you die, if like you die of natural or whatever. If you die without brain drama or even a zombie bite, you come back as a zombie. The um, what what do you think is going through his head right now? He's like Jenner was right. Is that what he's thinking? Like he spends a lot of, or at least he's starting to question it. I lose more good knives that way. Yeah, really. I, you lost the knife, honestly. <laughs> what, you get stuck? I guess skull's very thick. You got it in there. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. You'll jump on the old covered wagon. Now, Rick grabbed the guns. Rick, Rick grabbed the guns and ammunition. They just left the uh, the gas. And I mean, they they do know where this is. They can always come back. True enough. <laughs> just keep driving. And this this scene is almost like the end of a lifetime movie. I mean, you have Andrew yeah. Turns up and he's like, she's like, it's okay. She made the decision to live, guys. We did it. And Andrew is all pleased with herself, and the other two are like, "Are you kidding?" My lessons were awesome. And I think we all learned a little bit about ourselves today. <laughs> Tonight on a very special episode of The Walking Dead. Glory. Andrea, Maggie, Beth. Four women. They were from three separate generations, but they all came together on one subject. Suicide. It's like the post-apocalyptic version of The View. (laughs) With zombie Barbara Walters. And Andrea insisting on calling people child. Here again... Again, we get the Randall point of view cam, and 
after this episode came out, I had uh, Driver's Seat by Steeler's Wheel in my head for about a week, so I want to thank AMC for choosing that. Mm-hmm. See, like, yeah, this is very, like, Breaking Bad-ish right here. <laughs> Just put a camera on it. Well, I want to say this episode was directed by Ernest Dickerson. I believe he's directed some Breaking Bad. Um, he might have directed some Breaking Bad. I mean, I know they have traded some directors back and forth, like uh, Michelle Melissa McLaren. McLaren, who's done, or yeah, Michelle, who's done some fantastic Breaking Bad episodes, including, uh, I think, both of my two favorite episodes. Um, she hasn't done anything quite as strong here, but n- not for lack of trying. Yeah, Dickerson has a identity breaking bed. Yeah, he did oh, he hasn't. No, he's done some Dexter, some Trem, Treme, and uh, I think Burn noticed a lot of the USA shows. But yeah, mainly The Walking Dead seems like the only AMC credit. And The Wire, good for him. But, <laughs> there was a lot of gasoline in the back of the car, by the way, if you noticed. The rectatorship. Yeah, Shane. Where do you think Shane's at on this? Because he's he's uh, saying yes, but do you think he really means it? Like he's saying, I gotta follow your lead. But no, he's going. He's looking for his opportunity, as we see in the next couple episodes. Like, yep, that's where I'd be. Although, if I remember correctly, wasn't there kind of that scene where Lori comes to talk to him that kind of puts him over the edge? Yeah, that, that, at, yeah, at, that when he's work. working on the windmill or whatever. Yes, yeah, I know exactly what the scene you're talking about. And yeah, I think that's like the there's a there's the straw that breaks the camel's back in that scene. But right here, I think he's yeah, I still think he's kind he's 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 looking he's he's more thinking about opportunities he could have and how he can continue to play the situation the ideal way in his mind, as opposed to saying, "Yep, Rick's in charge" because. In his eyes, he's, he doesn't see Rick as the guy that's going to be able to make those really tough decisions. Now, is that the same zombie? Either it's across the street and it's the same zombie. I mean, longish hair and uh, and uh, suit. I definitely think it's, it's the same zombie. It's Yeah, for sure. I remember people were writing in, right, about and like saying about how the zombie, it must have changed the side of the road or whatever because... It doesn't make sense for it to be in that location again. But. Or it's just really... Yeah, maybe it turned around. And, maybe it heard all the gunfire going on 18 miles out. And it's like, oh, what's going on over there? Or it smelled, or it smelled the blood, maybe. There you go. I should go to the public's worst office. I think, was, I think there's a meeting today. <laughs> Zombie zoning. Yeah. He wants a footpath put in next to that road so he doesn't have to walk in the field. That's what he's going to go argue about. Well, that was our uh, commentary for 18 Miles Out, the uh, penultimate to the penultimate episode of uh, Walking Dead Season 2. Final thoughts, gentlemen, before we put it in the barn? I uh, I certainly like this episode. I mean, it, I, I don't like it as much as others do, I think it's, but I do think it's a very ambitious episode, which I look forward to seeing if the series continues to go with these kinds of episodes in the future. Yeah, I, I still like it quite a bit. Yes, it has some issues, but uh, it's still... It's got enough really good stuff in it that I can overlook the, the things that bother a lot of people. 
Yeah, the, for one, for for sure, the zombie action in that episode is fantastic. Like, if there's one thing The Walking Dead knows how to do, right, it's to make awesome zombie sequences. So, I mean, it nails that completely, that's for sure. I like the way it really uh, kind of let off some of the steam between uh, Shane and Rick as well before we get to the finale with those two. Uh, kind of, I mean, that stuff had been building to a head between them for a long time and to have them finally, you know, take out their um, antagonism on each other in such a physical way. Uh, a la Roddy Piper and They Live, as we mentioned on the commentary. I don't know. It just really seemed like a turning point for both characters as they went into the, the end of the season. So I appreciated that. The, the whole Beth uh, subplot, though, really just left me cold. It didn't seem like it belonged, and it left a lot of characters I cared about a lot more uh, you know, out of the storyline for this episode. So we have two more commentaries and probably one more new show before the beginning of Season 3. So leave us your thoughts, 516-468-7912. Let us know, what do you hope to see in Season 3? What are your predictions? Who do you think is going to die? All that fun stuff. You can also send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget, you can check out our shows on our YouTube channel, Walking Dead TV Podcast. And check out our other shows on hhwlod.com, Half Hour Wasted, Legion of Dudes, PKD Black Box, and of course, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Aaron, tell our listeners a little bit about Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Of course, Out Now is the uh, weekly uh, movie review show that we have on the HHWLOD network. Um, my, me and my uh, my co-host Abe, we talk about the newest movie releases, and we always have a number of uh, guests on the show who are also fellow movie bloggers or... Uh, you know, different, different people from all over in this that are all interested in movies and um, let's see just uh, what are our latest episodes. I know um, this coming week we're going to actually talk about something that might be of interest to zombie fans. We're going to be talking about the the Spanish horror films, the Rec films, the like record films. There's there's three of them: Rec One, Two, and the most recent one, Three, which is out now. Um, and so that's going to be our next episode. And I know we just talked about Lawless, the film with uh, Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf. And uh, we also did a a commentary for the for the Street Fighter movie with John Claude Van Damme because it was the the Street Fighter video game's 25th anniversary, so we figured why not? So uh, yeah, all those things are available on Out Now, Fair and Abe, and uh, yeah, it's a fun show about movies. Rock on! Check that out for sure. Don't forget to check out forumforgeeks.com and follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore Network. And so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember. If someone throws a motorcycle at you, just, you know, try and get out of the way. Just common sense. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. That's going to be the the header, I think, on on the site on the page. Well, I haven't spoiled anything really. <laughs> well, you knew there was going to be Ellis. There's also a so. And it's not Doctor Manhattan's. It's not a Dave. No. It's not a Dave. What would you call it? Dave Gibbons. Dave, Dave Gibbons. Dave Gibbons. Thank you. That's our new band. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was oh, funnier okay. bleeped out. I thought. I thought it was. Jesus saves. He. Jesus saves. He passes to Moses. He shoots. He scores. <laughs>
Oh, okay. So intro it, intro it, uh, Aaron, and then pass it to me. I'll do the sponsor, then we'll do, we'll it. do it live. We'll do it live. I'll write it right now. We'll do it live. Show a smile for people. She 